0: then they need to come forward with some corroboration, not just allegations. And you're right to be angry about the delays in your ability to come here and protect your good name because in the interim, it just keeps getting worse. It's not Dr. Ford. It's this story that not even the New York Times would report, the allegation of Ms. Ramirez. And then Stormy Daniels' lawyer, comes up with this incredible story accusing you of the most sordid and salacious conduct. It's outrageous, and you're right to be angry. But this is your chance to tell your story, and I hope you have a chance to tell us everything you want to tell us. But the burden is not on you to disprove the allegations made. The burden under our system when you accuse somebody of criminal conduct is on the person making the accusation. Now, I understand we're not, this isn't a trial, like I said, but I just wanted to make sure that we understood. It's hard to reconstruct what happened 36 years ago, and I appreciate what you said about Dr. Ford, that perhaps she has had an incident at some point in her life, and you are sympathetic to that, and But your reputation is on the line, and I hope people understand the gravity of the charges made against you and what a fair process looks like. Senator Klobuchar.
1: Amy Klobuchar is Democrat from Minnesota.
2: um, We're talking here about decency, and and you understand we have this constitutional duty to advise and consent, Um, and for me when this evidence came forward, I decided that I needed to look at this and I needed to find out about it and I needed to ask you questions about it as well as others that were involved so again I'm not gonna take quite the same approach as my colleagues here and talk about Don McGahn or any of this why don't you just ask the president mrs. dr. Ford can't do this we clearly haven't been able to do this but just ask the president to reopen the FBI investigation I think the
3: committee is doing... You're doing the investigation. I'm here to answer your questions. And and I should say one thing, Senator Klobuchar, which is um, I appreciate uh, our meeting together and I appreciate how you handled the prior hearing and I have
2: a lot of respect for you. Thank you. All of that aside, here's the thing. You could actually just... Get this open so that we can talk to these witnesses and the FBI can do it instead of us. And you've come before us, but we have people like um, Mark Judge, who uh, Dr. Ford says was a witness to this. We have this polygraph expert uh, that my colleagues were raising issues about the polygraph. We would like to have that person come before us. And I just think. If we could open this up.
3: I don't mean to to interrupt, but I guess (laughs) I am. But uh, Mark Judge has provided sworn statements saying this didn't happen and that I never did or would do.
2: We would like the FBI to be able to follow up and ask him questions. You know, um, we talked about past nomination processes, and you talked about uh, those. And I note that President George Bush, um, in the Anita Hill um, Justice Thomas case, uh, he opened up the FBI investigation and let questions being asked, um, and I think it was helpful for people. So was his decision reasonable?
3: I, I don't know the circumstances of that.
2: What I know, Senators, I'm... He- you, but it, he, he just, the circumstances are that he opened up the investigation so the FBI could ask some questions. Uh, he, he opened up the background check.
3: I'm here to answer questions about my yearbook or about, you know, what I...
2: Okay. And That's, my sports I, or... You know, okay. I'm not going to ask. Okay, I'm not going to ask about the yearbook. Um, so most people have done some drinking in high school and college, um, and many people even struggle with alcoholism and binge drinking. Um, my own dad struggled with alcoholism most of his life, and uh, he got in trouble for it, and there were consequences. He is still in AA at age 90, and he's sober. Uh, And in his words, he was pursued by grace, and that's how he got through this. So in your case, uh, you have said um, here and other places that you never drank so much uh, that you didn't remember what happened. But yet, we have heard, not under oath, but we have heard your college roommate say that you did drink frequently. These are in news reports. uh, That you would sometimes be belligerent um, he, another classmate said it's not credible for you to say you didn't have memory lapses. So, drinking is one thing. I, don't th- I, I actually don't think that's the second quote's correct. On the first quote,
3: if you want it, I provided some material that's still redacted about the situation with the freshman year roommate. And I don't really want to repeat that in a public hearing. But just so you know, there were three people in a room Dave White, Jamie Roach and me, and it was a contentious situation where Jamie did not like Dave White. I was, at all, and I mean this.
2: Okay, so I can, Dave, I just, so
3: Dave White came back from from home one weekend, and Jamie Roach had moved all his furniture okay. out okay. into the out into the courtyard. Okay. And so he walks in and so that's your source on that. Okay. So there's some so old drinking is one thing. And, there, and there's much more okay. and look at the redacted port portion okay. of what I said. I don't want to repeat All that right. in a public hearing I will. I will re- could I
2: just ask one more question. Redacted information about that. Okay. Drinking is one thing, but the concern is about truthfulness and in your written testimony, you said sometimes you had too many drinks. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before?
3: No, I, I, no, I remember what happened and I think you've probably had beer Senator, and, and- so, uh, so you're
2: saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened.
3: That's you're asking about, yeah,
2: blackout. I don't know. Have you? C- could you answer the question, Judge? I just so you have, that's not happened. Is that your answer? Yeah, and I'm
3: curious if you have.
2: I have no drinking problem, Judge. Yeah, nor do I. Okay. Thank you.
4: Senator Hatch, since this FBI thing keeps coming up all the time, let's get back to basics. First of all, anybody, including any senator that's brought up this issue, could ask for an FBI investigation. Uh, What the FBI does is gather information for the White House, then the files sent to the committee for us to make our own evaluations, We're capable of making our own determination about the accuracy of any of those allegations. The FBI has put out a statement over, uh, now I suppose it's a month ago, clearly stating this matter is closed as far as as, uh, the the letter being sent to them. And there is no federal crime to investigate. uh, If uh, uh, Senate Democrats hope for the FBI to draw any conclusions on this matter, I'm going to remind you what Joe Biden said. Now, I said this in my statement, but maybe, uh, maybe people aren't listening when I say and Maybe they won't even hear this. Joe Biden, quote, the next person who refers to an FBI report as being worth anything obviously doesn't understand anything. The FBI explicitly does not, does not in this or any other case, reach a conclusion, period. They say, he said, she said, they said, period. So when people waive an FBI report before you or even bring it up now as something prospectively, I'm not, uh, that wasn't in his quote, understand they do not, they do not, they do not reach conclusions. They do not make recommendations. Senator
5: Hatch.
6: Mr. Chairman. No, uh,
4: no uh, don't take a
6: break. Mr. Let me, Chairman. Let
5: me do
6: this. May I say for the record that actually we have asked you said that nobody's asked the fbi or we could ask the fbi i actually have i think others have and i think that the issue is that part of what an fbi report does is to investigate and seek either corroborating or exculpatory evidence it's not so much the conclusion that it draws as the breadth of the evidence that is sought out through the investigation and the difference between what Somebody might say to an FBI agent when they're being examined, and for instance, mr. Okay. judge's letter signed by his lawyer sent in it's a, it's just a different thing, and I believe still that this is the first background investigation in the history of background investigations that hasn't been reopened when new credible derogatory information was raised about the uh, subject about the nominee so I you know I just the didn't point. want to let the point you made stand okay. without well, I'll, referencing I'll, the, what we had tried to do.
4: Uh, pardon me, but I'll just add to the point you made. The letter was sent to the FBI. The FBI sent it to the White House with a letter saying the case is closed. We're taking a break now. For Senator, uh, we're taking a break now.
2: And... Uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh was just ushered out of the hearing room, literally surrounded by security. I think four or five uh, security guards ushered him out. And Senator Grassley has just called for a break. Um, we are providing you the specifica. I'm Antonia Yuhaus, We're providing live coverage with Mitch Jezerich of the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, and that was Brett Kavanaugh again in some fiery uh, back and forth testimony with both Republicans and Democrats, but of course the most combative testimony from Lindsey Graham.
7: Antonio, what I found interesting there is that Republicans with Brett Kavanaugh began to ask
1: questions
8: Hello again, this is Jeff Simmons on WBAI 99.5 FM. You've been listening to coverage of the testimony of Judge Kavanaugh on Pacifica National. We're going to local coverage right now. If you've been listening and following the testimony, please give us a call at 347-335-0818. Again, that number is 347-335-0818. We want to know what's on your mind And we want to hear your reaction to the testimony throughout the day of Christine Blasey Ford and also Judge Kavanaugh, how you feel the testimonies stand up against one another. Uh, Over the last hour or so, there have been a number of comments. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, in a very fiery and impassioned plea had basically compared, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I got this right, basically referenced Bill Cosby at one point saying, you know, kind of equating that, suggesting that if you were a predator, then you'd be a predator now uh, in reaction to some of this. Uh, we have heard rather interesting testimony in the last uh Hour about the uh, college years and drinking habits, everything from flatulence to vomiting. Uh, It has been uh, surreal, a very surreal moment. Throughout the day earlier, there had been a number of elected officials Uh, Of both parties making comments outside of the hearing, Uh, Kristen Gillibrand had said uh, in reference to Christine Blasey Ford's testimony uh, that she was speaking from the heart and she's reliving the worst moments of her life for the world. And then later on, obviously, Judge Kavanaugh unequivocally denied that any of this had ever taken place. Uh, He, at times, had been uh, visibly choking up and tearing up, and I'm curious whether you felt that was a real emotion or that was staged emotion, because in following uh, a number of the tweets that uh, have been coming out about... The hearing, it's obvious that some people feel that this was not a legitimate motion. Uh, so give us a call at 347-335-0818 and let us know what you think. Uh, Kavanaugh had said in his testimony that, quote, he uh, I have never had any sexual or physical encounter of any kind with Dr. Ford. Uh, we also have our Celeste cats. Usually during this hour, uh, Celeste and I have uh, Driving Forces, our new show where we have listener call in. And Celeste, uh, who works at Glamour as a senior political reporter, uh, had been dispatched to uh, to Washington D.C. And we're going to try to get her on the phone shortly and see if she is available uh, to talk with us because she has not been in the hearing, uh, but she has been outside and covering different types of protests uh, in support of Kavanaugh and in support of uh, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Blasey Ford. And uh, Celeste has been tweeting throughout the day uh, about. Uh, some of the sound bites that she's been able to get from elected officials as well as from uh, people who are participating in the different rallies. Now, right now, uh, the Judicial Committee is still on break. They had taken about a five-minute break, and when they return, we'll go back to the live coverage of the hearing. Again, our call-in number is 347-335-0818, and we're curious if you've been following the hearing today, what you've thought of the testimony, what you think is credible, what you have uh, questions about, if you feel that Kavanaugh, within the last hour or so, has been been able to uh, deflect questions, or you feel whether he is answering them candidly. once again, uh, the testimony has been going on now for it seems like uh, about over two hours right now, Kavanaugh uh, starting in a very uh, impassioned way uh, and denying the allegations and describing his uh, his record, both his judicial record, but also his record as a man and an individual and in where he said he's never had any uh, episodes, never uh, any allegations prior to what has been uh, surfacing within the last week. Um One of the uh, pivotal moments within the last hour, if you've been following this, was Senator Lindsey Graham, who uh, uh, I'm reading from the Times website right now, had exploded across the dais in an outburst. Uh, unusual even for this highly partisan body where, and this is a quote from him, what you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open and hope you win in 2020. One of the, uh, suggestions being made by Republicans is that Democrats want to, uh, want to delay this as much as possible to, uh, push this past the midterm elections, uh, so that, uh, this, uh, uh, uh nomination can be delayed, uh, so we also have our uh, Celeste in Washington DC all day down uh, assessing this situation Celeste what is the scene down there welcome to the show
9: hey thank you thank you so much for having me on I hope you can hear me it's a little uh, it's a little noisy. I was trying to find a place to uh, actually do some of uh, some of my reporting here so uh, write it all down but uh, yeah it's been a very busy day a very dramatic day here in Washington Um Obviously, we have uh, not only what's going on within the hearing rooms uh, at the confirmation hearings themselves, but you have uh, people here in support of and uh, opposed to Judge Kavanaugh, and they are both being quite vocal about their position. So you have a very interesting uh, interesting juxtaposition there uh, of uh Two, uh two, two competing forces I guess you could say
8: so uh I uh, in following your Twitter feed uh, I noticed that you had also gotten some sound from different elected officials uh, tell us our listeners a little of who you've heard from
9: uh yeah you know I mean we uh, mainly I've been trying to talk to people who are are here uh advocating for and against uh the confirmation of judge Kavanaugh who are are sort of regular people. I spoke to some uh, students, uh, for example, from Liberty University, uh, rather a, a more uh, conservative and, and religious type of, of uh, educational institution, who uh, uh, were in support of, of confirming Judge Kavanaugh and have a, a good opinion of his of his character and his ability. Um, on the other hand, I went over to the uh, atrium of the Hart Senate uh, Office Building, where I spoke to a number of women who are um, are very much opposed to confirming Judge Kavanaugh and who believe the uh, the allegations of, of sexual assault as put forth by uh, Dr. Christine Leslie Ford. Uh, one of the women I spoke to uh, in terms of elected officials there, for example, uh, was I did have some time to speak with uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat of Massachusetts, who uh, really seemed to be... Um, among other things, we might say, of uh, frustrated with the pace at which uh, the republican uh, the Republicans who are in control of the Senate Judiciary Committee want to get this uh, want to get this process going um, unless something has changed though within the last few minutes, you would know better than me I'm literally running around here in a in a rainstorm in Washington, but uh, you know, the initial reports were that the Judiciary Committee could make its recommendation to the full Senate as soon as tomorrow. Um, now, I suppose that could change at any time, depending on uh, the outcome of, of today's hearings, um, whether other uh, other allegations come forward, whether there's new information, and so on. But uh, certainly Senator Warren said she felt that uh, the Republicans' interest in moving forward so quickly... That the recommendation was uh, quite disrespectful to uh, to people who have have uh, uh, identified themselves as uh, survivors of sexual assault, and that it is not uh, it, it is not productive or or reasonable to uh, to do this in uh, in what could be perceived as a politically motivated. Way.
8: So I'm I'm curious as you've talked to a number of people. Has anyone changed their mind based on the hearing today, or people when they started this day are still firmly in you know each corner?
9: I, I have not so far uh, run into anybody who has uh, uh, who has changed their mind. Now so again, there may be some people on the fence, and frankly, there may be some people uh, you know just looking around. You know, the uh, the business of Washington is government, and government continues to function. People are are going about. Uh, are going about their days, uh, you know. Businesses here are are open. People are are uh, buying their lunch. We're starting to see some rush hour traffic. Uh, so, um, I think people like you and I, and and maybe people, uh, you know, hopefully the uh, the good people who are listening to WDAI right now, uh, people who are interested in public policy, the Supreme Court, uh, advocates of uh, of uh, better policies. Towards, uh, towards sexual assault and misconduct, uh, all of us are really really consumed with what's going on here. But uh, you know there are plenty of folks in the country that are uh, are are perhaps uh, too busy with their jobs, with school, uh, with uh, you know other other day to day issues, childcare, uh, you know any number of things that uh, you know don't really have the uh, Uh, the time or the privilege or perhaps also the inclination to be watching the proceedings as closely as we are. But in answer to your initial question, uh, I have not seen uh, a a light bulb magically appear over anybody's head just yet to say, you know, Eureka, I have uh, found a reason to change my mind about the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme
8: Court so obviously you have been outside not inside the hearing uh, we've been listening and, and watching uh, as this has unfolded and it's been interesting to uh, also uh, talk with people about the reaction to when Brett Kavanaugh uh, got choked up uh, during his testimony have you been able to talk to anyone about that and if they felt that was uh, uh, crocodile tears which is a phrase that someone had used
9: I did just speak to you know just very very much in passing um, a woman who was uh, who was uh, watching the proceedings on her phone she was charging up her phone you know had just uh, popped into uh, to get a little juice for the uh, for the phone there and uh, she didn't describe him as being choked up she described him as being more uh, sort of angry and flustered and um, she mentioned something, again, you you might uh, know better from seeing and hearing the feed continuously, but, you know, uh, pausing a lot to, to uh, drink some water, you know, did not seem to be, from her description anyway, terribly composed. Um, and I have seen some descriptions of him, uh, you know, I don't want to characterize it since I was not in the room with him, nor was I watching the feed, but uh, varying from uh, very angry to very defensive to, very passionate about defending his integrity and to to denying these uh, these rather graphic and uh, uh, unpleasant accusations that have been lodged against him. So again, it's really you know I, I talked to another fellow. I said, you know, how's it going in terms of the And he said, well, you know, it depends on who you ask. And I think that uh, that guy summed it up pretty well. I, you know, whether whether this thing is going well or poorly. For either side, very much depends on
8: who you ask. And I'm curious if anyone had weighed in on the decision by the Republican members of the uh, of the panel to have uh, the line of questioning uh, for uh, Christine against uh, to Christine Blasey Ford come from one individual from an attorney uh, versus from the individual members. Any any reaction to that?
9: There is, you know, generally again. I mean, I think that. That there are a lot of people who were upset with a lot of this process. You I know, mean, certainly um, uh, Dr. Ford's attorneys had asked for certain uh, provisions, uh, certain procedures to be uh, to be observed. I don't think they got all of what they wanted. Um, but uh, and, and for example, uh, she, you know, she made her presentation. She was questioned, uh, and then Judge Kavanaugh uh, was able to make his statement and was questioned. Um, you know if this were a court case frankly that that would be different I mean, if there was an accusation you would hear from one person uh the defendant would have a chance to make a statement uh and you know there would be cross-examination and so on this is not a criminal proceeding uh a proceeding this is not a a trial nobody is on trial here uh this is more really of a of a, a you know a hearing a testimony a, a fact-finding mission at the end of this nobody is going to be exonerated or you know nobody's going to be locked up so um and that's
8: a very good point terms,
9: you know in terms of that uh in terms of that yeah i'm sure you know both sides aren't particularly overjoyed at at how this is uh playing out and there's there's a lot of politics at play here as well whether or not uh people are comfortable admitting that but in the end um you know we are looking at one of the most Powerful position, a lifetime appointment to one of the most powerful positions in the United States. And, um, you know, it, it is perhaps very much worth the scrutiny that it's getting. How it ends up, I really can't tell you just yet.
8: So I'm uh, putting you on the spot here, Celeste. Obviously, you are much younger than me. And I'm just curious what your memory is of the uh, Anita Hill. Uh, hearings if that is something you covered as a reporter or that is something you had remembered watching and for what reasons yes in
9: 1991 i was not uh i had not done my my professional reporting career that came a little bit later on pardon me i certainly remember uh you know knowing the name anita hill i think that i had a you know an association with it of of, of controversy. I'm not sure that I, I fully understood, you know, the scope of how important that would become, uh, in American history or, or how much of a turning point it would become, although we didn't necessarily know it at the time, um, in terms of how women were viewed, um, in terms of making, uh, uh in, in terms of making accusations of, of sexual harassment, particularly against, people in uh, places of great power and in positions who have even greater power. Um, So uh, I do remember Anita Hill, and I have thought certainly much more about it. Uh, Recently, I wrote a piece about uh, whether Dr. Ford's experience would be uh, much different than Professor Hill's was uh, back at that time. And uh, in some cases, that's, that's very much true. Uh, and perhaps in other cases, uh, times haven't changed quite as quite as much as as uh, you might have expected.
8: So, uh, for our listeners, just want to remind you the call in number is three four seven three three five. 0818. Give us a call and let us know uh, if you've been listening to the hearing. This is Jeff Simmons. I'm on the phone with Celeste Katz, my co-host during this hour of Driving Forces. Uh, we originally had booked uh, some wonderful guests during this hour, which uh, Jessica Ramos, uh, who uh, had recently uh, defeated uh, Jose Peralta for in the Democratic uh, uh, race for Senate in, uh, in District 13 in Queens, and also Uh, Christine Quinn, former New York City Council Speaker, uh, who is leading uh, WIN Women in Need uh, Homeless Services organization. They will be our guests in the future. We contacted them to let them know uh, we'd like to still have you on, but obviously the hearing uh, has gone on for most of the day, and as I'm just looking at the screen, I'm seeing that it will resume in a short while. We also have have Celeste Katz on the phone, my uh, co-host on the show, who's been down in Washington, D.C. this afternoon. Much of the day. I'm curious, Celeste, are you, um, you know, final thoughts as the hearing's going to begin in just a few moments, but final thoughts, final perceptions?
9: I think that uh, I think that one of the questions that I'm asking and um, working on, on investigating this a little bit further is, uh, what again, as we talked about Anita Hill before, you know, <clears throat> pardon me, what are going to be the, the sort of long-term uh, effect or long-term ramifications of what we are seeing today. Beyond just this particular nominee, um, this particular person who is uh, making allegations of of sexual misconduct. Uh, I mean, will we see a change in the way uh, Supreme Court nominees are are selected, vetted? Will we see a change in the way uh, people are treated when they come forward? with allegations or with disclosures of uh uh, of having experienced sexual assault or harassment or any form of misconduct and that could apply
8: and celeste we're going to go back to the live coverage right now okay thank you so much for taking our call today my pleasure thanks jeff good luck and then
3: i responded by asking her a question and i didn't sorry i did that this is tough process. I'm sorry about
2: that. I appreciate that. I, I would like to add when you have a parent that's alcoholic uh, you're pretty careful about drinking and um, and the second thing is I was truly just trying to get to the bottom of the facts and the evidence and I again believe we do that by opening up the FBI investigation and I would call it a background check instead of investigation. I thank p- you.
4: Appreciate that. And,
2: uh, Senator Hatch. Well, thank Warren you, Hatch, Republican, Republican of Utah. Here, uh, my friend from uh,
5: I'd just like to say a few words. My friend from Arizona emphasized yesterday that we have before us today two human beings, Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh. They deserve, each of you deserves, to be treated fairly and respectfully. We tried to do that with Dr. Ford earlier, and I think we succeeded. It's important that we treat Judge Kavanaugh fairly now. And it remains to be seen how that's going to work out. Judge Kavanaugh has been a federal judge for 12 years, and he's been a great federal judge on the second highest court in the nation. He's earned a reputation for fairness and decency. His clerks love him. His students, he teaches in law school as well, his students love him. His colleagues love him. This man is not a monster, nor is he what has been represented here in these hearings. We're talking today about Judge Kavanaugh's conduct in high school, and even then, and as a freshman in college, I guess, as well. Serious allegations have been raised. If Judge Kavanaugh committed sexual assault, he should not serve on the Supreme Court. I think we'd all agree with that. But the circus atmosphere that has been created since my Democratic colleagues first leaked Dr. Ford's allegations to the media two weeks ago After sitting on them for six weeks, I might add, has brought us the worst in our politics. It certainly has brought us no closer to the truth. Anonymous letters with no name and no return address are now being treated as national news. Porn star lawyers with facially implausible claims are driving the news cycle. I hate to say this, but this is worse than Robert Bork, and I didn't think it could get any worse than that. This is worse than Clarence Thomas. I didn't think it could get any worse than that. This is a national disgrace, the way you're being treated. And in the middle of it all, we have Judge Kavanaugh, a man who, until two weeks ago, was a uh, pillar of the legal community. There's been no whisper of misconduct by him in the time he's been a judge. What we have are uncorroborated, unsubstantiated claims from his teenage years. Claims that every alleged eyewitness has either denied or failed to corroborate. I do not mean to minimize the seriousness of the claims. Yeah, they've been serious claims, but the search for truth has to involve more than bare assertions. Like Dr. Ford, Judge Kavanaugh deserves fair treatment. He was an immature high schooler. So were we all. That he wrote or said stupid things sometimes does not make him a sexual predator. I understand the desire of my colleagues to tear down this man at any cost. I do understand it. But let's at least be fair and look at the facts or the absence thereof. Guilt by association is wrong. Immaturity does not equal criminality. That Judge Kamenot drank in high school or college does not make him guilty of every terrible thing that he's recently been accused of. A lifetime of respect and equal treatment ought to mean something when assessing allegations that are flatly inconsistent with the course of a person's entire adult life. With those comments, Judge, I'd just like to ask you a few questions, if I can, about how, and if you can be short in your answers, it'll help me get through a bunch of them about how this process has unfolded. When did you first learn of Dr. Ford's allegations against you?
3: Uh, It was a week ago Sunday, one Washington Post story.
5: Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Did the ranking member raise these allegations in your one-on-one meeting with her last month? She did not. Did the ranking member raise them at your public hearing earlier this month? No. Did the ranking member raise them at the closed session that followed the public hearing?
3: She was not there.
5: Did the ranking member or any of her colleagues raise them in the 1,300 written questions that were submitted to you following the hearing? No. When was the first time that the ranking member or her staff asked you about these allegations? Uh, today. When did you first hear of Ms. Ramirez's allegations against you?
3: Uh, In the last, in the period since then, in the New Yorker story,
5: did the ranking member or any of her colleagues or any of their staffs ask you about Ms. Ramirez's allegations before they were leaked to the press? No. When was the first time that the ranking member or any of her colleagues or any of their staff asked you about Ms. Ramirez's allegations?
3: Today.
7: I think it's a disgrace. Between Senator Coons. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Judge Kavanaugh, um, today's hearing
1: Chris is Democrat about Dr. Ford's uh,
7: serious allegations about sexual assault. Uh, you have unequivocally uh, denied those claims, uh, but we're here today to assess um, her credibility and yours. Uh, and in our uh, previous vigorous exchanges and the uh, previous confirmation hearing rounds, uh, I, I found that your answers um, at times vigorously defended, but at other times struck me as evasive or not credible on key issues. And it's against that backdrop that I'm seeking to assess your credibility today. Um, You said in your opening that rule of law means taking allegations seriously. um, And I agree with that. It brings me no joy to question you on these topics today, but I do think they're serious and I think they are uh, worthy of our attention. Um, So let me, if I can, uh, return to a line of questioning uh, my colleague was on before. um, Which was about whether you've ever gotten aggressive while drinking or forgotten An evening um, after drinking.
3: Those are two different questions. Uh, I've already answered the second one as the first. Uh, I think the answer to that is basically no. I don't know really what you mean by that. Like, what are you talking about?
7: Well, Uh, the the
3: reason I... I I don't mean it that way, but uh, no is the basic answer unless you're talking about something where... That I'm not aware of that you're going to ask about.
7: The reason I'm asking, um, we've had a very brief period of time to weigh outside evidence, and uh, I'll join my colleagues in saying, uh, I wish we had more evidence in front of us today to weigh. Um, do you remember Liz Swisher, a college classmate of yours from Yale? Uh, first on your point
3: about the outside evidence, uh, you know, all four witnesses. Well, said, let me
7: focus. I'm trying to get this question. Through I know, but you I made it.
3: You made a point, and I just want to emphasize all four witnesses who are allegedly at the event have said it didn't happen including Dr. Ford's longtime friend Ms. Kaiser, right. who said and if she Mark never, Judge
7: if Mark Judge were in front of us today to question we'd be able to assess his credibility but he's, let me just get through this through if I can Your Honor he, but, uh, Liz Swisher is a college classmate she's now a medical doctor um, and I'm quoting uh, from a recent interview she gave um, she said um, Brett Cavanaugh um, drank more than a lot of people, he'd end up slurring his words, stumbling. It's not credible for him to say he's had no memory lapses in the nights he drank to excess. I know because I drank with him. Um, how should we assess that? She then goes her?
3: on, if you if you kept reading, and says she actually can't
7: point to any specific instance like that. Um, the quote that jumped out at me was, Brett was a sloppy drunk and I know because I drank with him. There's also I don't think that I don't I I
3: do not think that's a fair characterization. Um, And Chris Dudley is quoted in that article, and I would refer you to what Chris Dudley said. I spent more time with Chris Dudley in college than just about anyone, and I'd refer you to what he said.
7: In other reporting, as I'm sure you know, a college classmate described you as relatively shy, but said that when you drank, you could be aggressive or even belligerent. And your roommate, as I think you discussed with Senator Klobuchar, said you were frequently drunk.
3: Yeah, and and that roommate, that was freshman year roommate. Yes. And there was contention between him and the third person. There were three of us in a small room, and you should look at what I said in the redacted portion of the the transcript about him, and you should assess his credibility with that in mind.
7: Um, Put yourself in our shoes for a moment if you would, Judge, and I know that's asking a lot of you in this setting. Um, But suppose you'd gone through a process um, to select someone for an incredibly important job in a position. You had a lot of qualified candidates. And as you're finishing the hiring process, you learn of a credible allegation that, if true, would be disqualifying. Um, Wouldn't you either take a step back and conduct a thorough investigation um, or move to a different candidate? And why not agree to a one-week pause to allow the FBI to investigate all these allegations and allow you an opportunity a week from now to have the folks present in front of us for us to assess their credibility and for us to either clear your name or resolve these allegations by moving to a different nominee.
3: All four witnesses who are alleged to be at the event said it didn't happen, including Dr. Ford's longtime friend, Ms. Kaiser, who said that she didn't know me and that she does not recall ever being at a party with me with or without Dr. Ford.
7: What I've struggled with, Judge Kavanaugh, is the absence of a fair, federal law enforcement driven, nonpartisan process to question the various people who I think are critical to this. My concern, should you move forward, is what it will do um, to the credibility of the court uh, and how that may well hang over um, your service. I understand well, your concern sir, yeah, about this, sir, my, my but reputation I wish you would join us in calling for an FBI investigation for one week you, when to you clear th- or confirm some of these when, allegations. Uh,
3: when you say a week delay, do you know how long the last ten days have been?
7: For well, us, probably an eternity. But yeah. in the Judge Thomas confirmation yeah, for us, a every day. four-day delay.
3: Every day, it's been a lifetime. And and you know, yeah, and, and it's been investigated, and all four witnesses say it didn't happen, and they've said it under penalty of felony, and I've produced my calendars, which show. Uh, you know a lot that's are very that's important evidence, and you act like I mean every ten, the last ten days I asked for a hearing the day after the allegation
4: uh, before I call on Senator Lee. I want to emphasize something here that uh, talking about doing something without enough time. we had forty five days between July thirtieth and September the 13th I believe it is when we could have been investigating this and in regard to this candidate if you take the average of 65 to 70 days between the time that that a person is not announced by the president and the senate votes on it is about 65 to 70 days and here we are at about 85 to 90 days so there's plenty of time put in on this nomination, Senator Lee. Oh, no, wait a minute. I got one other thing I want to do. (laughs) Everybody else has been putting letters in in the record. I have a letter here from 65 women who knew Judge Kavanaugh between the years 79 and 83, the years he attended Georgetown Prep High School. These women wrote to the committee because they know Judge Kavanaugh, and they know that the allegations raised by Dr. Ford are completely, totally inconsistent with his character. These 65 women know him through social events and church. Many have remained close friends with him. Here's what they say, uh, partly quoting the letter. Quote, through the more than 35 years we've known him, Brett has stood out for his friendship, character, and integrity. He has always treated women with decency and respect. That was true in high school and it remains true to this day. In closing, they wrote, Judge Kavanaugh, quote, has always been a good person. So without objection, I put it in the record, Senator Lee.
10: Judge Kavanaugh, you've been cooperative at the every Republican stage of Mike this investigation, of Utah. both your background investigation and the investigation conducted by this committee. Is that correct? That's correct, it's sir. It's also correct that you yourself do not control the FBI or when it conducts an investigation, you were a nominee, you're not tasked with the job of deciding who, when, whether, or how conducts an investigation. That, that's correct. But at every moment, when either we or, or, or prior to the committee taking jurisdiction over it, the FBI has asked you questions, you've been attentive and you've been responsive. Isn't that right? That's correct. Throughout my career. I have colleagues today who have repeatedly asked for an FBI investigation. And there are some ironies in this, ironies that, that uh, ascend at least two levels. In the first place, at least one of my colleagues, at least one of them, had access to this information many, many weeks before anyone else did. Had the ability, and I believe the moral duty and obligation, to report those facts to the FBI, at which point they could have and would have been investigated by the FBI. And that could have been handled in such a way that didn't turn this into a circus. One that has turned your life upside down and that of your family, and the life of Dr. Ford and her family upside down. I consider this most unfortunate, given that this was entirely within the control of at least one of my Democratic colleagues to do this. The second level of irony here is that while calling repeatedly for an investigation by the FBI, an investigation over which you have no ability to control, by the way, an investigation you have no authority to call for, while calling for an investigation, we're in the middle of a conversation that involves questions to you. And So I ask my Democratic colleagues, if you have questions for Judge Kavanaugh, ask him He's right here. If that's really what you want is the truth, ask him questions right now. If you have questions of other witnesses, then for the love of all that is sacred and holy, participate in the committee investigations that have been going on, as you have not been participating, with the committee staff investigating the outside witnesses. If someone really were interested in the truth, this is what they would do. They would participate in the investigation, and when we have a committee investigation, a committee hearing with live witnesses, they would talk about that rather than something else they wish they were having in front of them. If what they want is a search for the truth, then now is their choice. If on the other hand, what they want to do is delay this until after the election, which at least one of my colleagues on the Democratic side has acknowledged, then that might be what they would do. Finally, I wanna point out that there is significant precedent from our former chairman of this committee, Chairman Joe Biden. During the Clarence Thomas hearings, nearly three decades ago, Chairman Biden made some interesting observations about FBI reports and their role in this process. Here's what he said, quote, The next person who refers to an FBI report as being worth anything, obviously doesn't understand anything. The FBI explicitly does not. In this or any other case, reach a conclusion period period those are his dual periods not mine i continue the quote the reason why we cannot rely on the fbi report you would not like it if we did because it is inconclusive so when people wave an fbi report before you understand they do not they do not they do not reach conclusions they do not make as my friend points out more accurately they do not make recommendations in other words The role of the FBI is to flag issues. Those issues have been flagged. Sadly, in this case, they were flagged not as they should have been, not in the timing in which they should have been. And therefore, they couldn't have been addressed in in the manner that would have preserved a lot more dignity for you, for your family, and for Dr. Ford and her family. They were instead held out until the final moment. I consider that most unfortunate. And for that, on behalf of this committee, I extend to you my most profound sympathies, and my most profound sympathies to Dr. Ford and her family as well.
11: Mr. Mr. Chairman, uh, since we don't have enough slots for everyone, can I have the last minute of Senator Lee so that Senator Kennedy can be recognized? Judge, um, we did 38 hours in public with you. Did we have any private hearings with you? Uh, Yes. Uh, Was that a fun time for you? When people and senators could ask questions that are awkward or uncomfortable about Potential alcoholism, potential gambling addiction, credit card debt, uh, if your buddies floated you money to buy baseball tickets. Did you enjoy that time we spent in here late one night? Uh, I'm
3: always happy to cooperate with the committee.
11: (laughs) That's charitable. Um, Were you ever asked about any sexual allegations when we had that time in here with you alone? No. Did the ranking member already have these allegations for, I guess this would have been September 6 or 7? And the letter was written on July 30th, a, uh, a recommendation was made by the ranking member or her staff to uh, Dr. Ford, and by the way, I think Dr. Ford is a victim, and I think she's been through hell, and I'm very sympathetic to her, um, but did the ranking member's staff, did we here today, make a recommendation to hire a lawyer, and she knew all of that, and yet we had a hearing here with you, and none of these things were asked. But then once the process was closed, once the FBI investigation was closed, once we were done meeting in public and in private, then this was sprung on you. I just want to make sure I have the the dates correct, right? Because we got 35 plus days from all the time that this evidence was in the hands, recommendations were made to an outside lawyer, you could have handled all this, we could have had this conversation in private in a way that didn't not only do crap to his family, but do all... I yield my time.
1: Thanks. Trying to see if he could do math about 35 days. That was a little bit of a question. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. Uh, good Democrat, afternoon. Richard Bloom and Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Uh, as a federal judge, you're aware of the jury instruction, falsus in, in unibus, falsus in omnibus. Are you not? You're aware of that jury instruction? Yeah, I, yeah, I am. You know what it means. You can translate it for me, sir. You can do it better than I can. False in one thing, false in everything, meaning in jury instructions that we, some of us as prosecutors have heard many times, is told a jury that they can disbelieve a witness if they find him to be false in one thing. So the core of why we're here today really is credibility. Uh, But the core of why we're here is an allegation for which the four witnesses present have all said it didn't happen. Let me ask you about Renata Dolphin, who lives in Connecticut. She thought these yearbook statements were, quote, horrible, hurtful, and simply untrue, end quote. Because Renata alumni clearly implied some boast of sexual conquest. And that's the reason that you apologized to her, correct?
3: Uh, That's false, speaking uh, about the the yearbook. And she she said she and I never had any sexual interaction. So your question question is false. And I've uh, addressed that in the opening statement. And so your question is based on a false premise and really does great harm to her. I don't know why you're bringing this up, frankly. Doing great
1: harm to her by even bringing her name up here is really unfortunate. Well, calling someone an alumnus in that way—well, implying was what you're implying about by a number of your football friends at the time as boasting of sexual—that's th- th- the reason that I'm bringing it up. And yeah, no, it's false. You're implying that.
3: Look what you're bringing up right now about her. Look what you're Mr. doing, Chairman. I ask
1: that Don't these interruptions her not up. be subtracted from my time.
3: Yeah, ask your question and then. Let- She's a great person. She's always been a great person. We never had any sexual interaction. By bringing this up, you're just just dragging her through the mud. It's just unnecessary.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, you made reference, Judge, to a sworn statement, I believe, by Mark Judge to the committee. Is that correct?
3: I made reference to what Mark Judge's uh, lawyer sent to the committee?
1: Yeah, it's not a sworn statement, is it? Uh, it uh, Under penalty of felony? Well, it's a statement signed by his lawyer, Barbara Van Gelder. It is six cursory and conclusory sentences. Are you saying that that is a substitute for an investigation by the FBI? Or some interview by the FBI, under oath? Under penalty of felony, he s- said that this kind of
3: event didn't happen and that I never did or would have done something like that. As a and
1: federal judge, you always want the best evidence, don't you?
3: Senator, he has said, and all the witnesses present, look at Ms. Kaiser's statement. She's, she's let, me, let me move on to another
1: me. topic. You've testified to this committee this morning this afternoon, quote, this whole two-week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit, fueled with apparent pent-up anger about President Trump and the 2016 election, fear that has been unfairly stoked about my judicial record, revenge on behalf of the Clintons, and millions of dollars in money from outside left-wing opposition groups. Is it your testimony that the motivation of the courageous woman who sat where you did just a short time ago was revenge on behalf of a left-wing conspiracy or the Clintons?
3: Senator, I said in my opening statement that she preferred confidentiality and her confidentiality was, was destroyed by
1: the actions of this committee let me ask you this. In a speech that you gave at Yale, you, you described quote, falling out of the bus onto the front steps of the Yale Law School at 4.45 a.m. I wasn't, and I wasn't describing
3: me. I organized to, Senator,
1: Senator, let me finish here, please.
3: I organized a uh, third year end of school party for 30 of my classmates to rent a bus to go to Fenway Park in Boston, which was about a three-hour trip. I bought all the tickets. You and I have discussed that before. Uh, I bought all the baseball tickets. I rented the bus. I organized the whole trip. We went to Fenway Park. Roger Clemens was pitching for the Red Sox. We had a great time. George Brett was playing third base for the Royals. Actually, he was playing left field that night, and he and we went to the game and got back, and then we went out. It was a great night of friendship. I, I
1: apologize for interrupting, Judge, but I need to finish the quote before I ask you the question. I wasn't the talking about ends. Me. Okay, well, the uh, quote ends that you tried to quote piece things back together. End quote to recall what happened that night. Meaning, I know what happened. Well, you, uh, Judge, let it, uh, will you quickly answer
4: your question, and then I'm going to let him answer. I you. know what I know uh, what happened that I'll night. I'll finish
1: asking my question. So please sir. go ahead, but do it quickly. Doesn't that imply to you that you had to piece things back together? You had to ask others what happened that night. No. It, okay, you you take your time now and answer the question. Yeah. And then, Senator Craig. Uh,
3: definitely not. I know exactly what happened that night. It was a great night of fun. I was so happy that it was great camaraderie. Everyone looks back fondly on the trip. To Fenway Park, and then we went out together, a group of classmates, and I know exactly what happened the whole night, and I'm happy.
1: Judge, do you be- do you believe Anita Hill? Senator Senator Crapo. Uh, oh,
4: Senator Crapo. Uh, Senator Crapo.
1: Thank you,
12: Mr. Chairman, and uh, Judge Matt Kavanaugh. Crapo, uh, uh, first, I want to get into this whole question that's been bandied back and forth here almost endlessly today about uh, the FBI investigation process. Uh, because I think it's, I, I want to follow up a little bit on what Senator Lee and Senator Sass have referenced. Uh, there's been a lot of talk here about we need an FBI investigation. Uh, in these processes, which you've been through a number of times now, when the FBI does a background check with regard to a nomination, uh, c- could you quickly describe that for us? What does the FBI do? The FBI gathers statements from
3: people who have information. They don't resolve Credibility. They gather the information, and the credibility determination is made by the ultimate fact finder, which in this case is the United States Senate. The committee, of course, here has
12: gathered uh, evidence. And the FBI then gives that uh, report to the White House, if I understand it, and the White House then transfers it to the Senate. Is that the, the That's my understanding, of control? yes. And as you indicated, it does not do, and it's been said many times here today, the FBI does not make judgments. It gives the Senate committee information. At that point in time, uh, if I understand the process correctly, the Senate, the United States Senate Judiciary Committee, has legal authorities. If it receives information in an FBI report that it wants to further investigate, the Senate has legal authority to conduct further investigation. Is that correct? That's my understanding. And that is what has been referenced here many times about how some of these witnesses that were identified in the very late information that we received have made statements that are under penalty of felony. That's a felony for lying to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And as I understand it, What happens is the Senate Judiciary Committee, which has authority under law to conduct those kinds of investigations, follows up on the FBI reports to finish out the investigation that it wants with regard to any information that it receives that needs further investigation. Is that your understanding of the process? That's my understanding, Senator. Now, in this case, there's been a lot of talk here today, and if I have time, I'll get into it. It looks like I'll run out of time. But in this case, there's a lot of concern by many, That there was not so much an interest in an FBI investigation as there was in delay. I'm not going to get to that unless I have time. I want to talk about what happened in the Senate committee's investigation. Because as I understand it, and this may be more of a question to the chairman, as soon as we received information, which was about 45 days after others on the committee received it, we conducted an investigation. Is that correct, Mr. Chairman? I'm sorry to turn the question to you, yes. but we began that Legal Senate Judiciary Committee investigation. Yes. And that investigation involved our fully, lawfully uh, enabled investigators to conduct an investigation. Mm-hmm. And if I understand it correctly, the Democratic members of the committee refused to participate in that investigation. Yes. And so we have conducted the investigation. The very kinds of things that my colleagues on the other side are asking that we tell the FBI to do, this committee has the authority to do it, and this committee.